the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all of the shows on podcast as uh, this is a listener-guided show. You can also donate uh, if you were, if you wish throughout uh, through our website as well. I have a great guest today. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, very specific uh, items and issues of the day. Uh, and my guest is David J. Dehima, uh, medical director and founder at medical dire- and medical director of My Matt Clinic in uh, Laguna Hills, California. We're going to talk about what that means, the Matt, uh, My Matt Clinic in California. But Dave, before we do that, I'd like to have our audience get to know you a little better as our guest. Uh, give us your backstory and how did you get to this point in your life? Um, yeah, my name is David Dehimi and uh, I'm a physician who was trained in anesthesiology and I still practice anesthesiology. And about 10 or 11 years ago, I just sort of became aware of the opioid epidemic and was curious about learning more about, you know, what the underlying factors were and why the overdose death rates were going up. And one thing kind of led to another. And I sort of felt compelled to get involved. Um, One night I was up with uh, a nurse uh, at the nursing station at labor and delivery. And one of the nurses was telling me all about her son's uh, struggles with heroin mm. and the medications that he had been on and, and the treatments he had been through. And I had never heard of many of these, of these treatments. And I'm like, well, how can I be, you know, practicing anesthesia and not be aware of like what these medications are and how they work. And that, that sort of really sparked some interest. And here I am 11 years uh, later, um, doing this all the time. Wow. And uh, you come from a background in, or have you, have you always been in California or? Uh, I spent some time in Nevada. My medical school training was um, University of Nevada School of Medicine. Nice. And then I came back to California for my residency in anesthesiology at UC Davis. And then you know, got married, had kids and, and moved back to Southern California where I was originally from and, um, have been here ever since that was 2007. 
So let's let's dive into to uh, to you your the things that you're doing most importantly. Uh, what is the My Mat Clinic? Yeah, my MAT is uh, MAT stands for medication assisted treatments, oh. and what these are are FDA approved medications that uh, work extremely well for certain types of addictions, um, especially opioids. Um, and there's also, they also work well for, uh, alcohol, uh, addiction. Uh, but our primary focus is on treating opioid use disorder, uh, because this is the biggest problem plaguing the country right now with the opioid epidemic getting worse every single year. Absolutely. And one of the things we do is we educate people about treatment options. And most of them have never even heard that these treatment options exist and how effective they are. Wow. So you created these uh, uh, these things? Oh no, these are FDA approved medications oh, okay. that it. have been available. Got it. Most of them have been available for more than twenty years. They've been used widely around the Euro- the world, especially in Europe, uh, for a long time. And um, for some reason, there's very slow uptake in the United States. Well, not some reason, many reasons. There's very slow uptake and and um sort of uh awareness that these medications even exist wow and you'd think with our with the spiking you know in our ever since the pandemic and now uh the spikes are domestic violence uh addictions uh suicide rates and and so on and so on you'd think that that would get their attention right yeah this is one of the most um frustrating and baffling things to me is we have these tools available to us. They're very effective. They have science, um, you know, and and clinical trials that show that they're incredibly effective. And one of the things that I can't wrap my head around is why this isn't a national public campaign around talking about these treatment options. So are, are, are you championing these things? Uh, are you doing this alone or you have other medical doctors all, the, all across the country? Uh, voicing the same thing. No, there's met exactly. There's medical doctors all across the country voicing the same thing. When I went to my first <clears throat> addiction medicine conference uh, in 2011, um, there were I was amazed because I never knew this field of medicine existed. We didn't talk a lot about it in me- in medical training, and here I was in this auditorium with hundreds of doctors from around the country, and they weren't you know, like you would think psychiatrists or people that treat mental health and addiction, they were ER doctors, uh, OBGYNs, internal medicine doctors, anesthesiologists, Mm. people just like me that had basically come across addiction medicine and were interested in getting involved and trying to help. Um, And that was 2011. And since then, many, many more people have gotten involved in addiction medicine but it's still far too few. We need many more providers to be out there talking about these medications and making them available for, for patients. Well, especially with the, you know, even the overdose and death rate is climbing like crazy, right? Yeah, the statistics are, are extremely um, scary. When I started uh, in 2011, it had already passed uh, automobile accidents as the... the number one cause of accidental death in the United States. Mm. 
I think around 2006, it passed um, motor vehicle accidents, which had basically forever been the number one way that people die accidentally. And since then, it's gone up 400%. Wow. In 2015, we had about 52,500 overdose deaths. And last year, we were close to 110,000 overdose deaths. Oh my so God. it's not even going up in a straight line. It's going up logarithmically, you know, like a, like a hockey stick. And with fentanyl now being the number one drug that people are overdosing on, it's going to get a lot worse. Mm. So uh, you are also the medical director of Solus Foundation? Yeah, Solus Foundation of Orange County. I, I got involved with them around 2015. And what they do is they distribute the overdose reversal drug called naloxone. Yeah. Um, one of the common brand names is Narcan. So naloxone, Narcan, uh, more or less uh, the same thing. And um, we were in California, we, we had something that just got passed in legislation called a standing order, which allowed me as a physician to have people dispense this medication under my license without me physically having to be there and do it. And so the team at Solace, they went out and passed out and trained people how to, how to use this, medica- this life-saving medication. And within just a handful of years, we had over 3,000 uh, documented overdose reversals. Mm. Uh, and now with fentanyl, uh, we're, we're finding that with Narcan, it, two, there's two nasal injections that come per bo- in a box that often it's not even enough because the fentanyl is so much more potent than heroin or Oxycontin ever was. And so as a result, there's a new formulation of the same drug, naloxone, but twice the strength called Clexado, which I'm, I'm also sort of uh, trying to get the news or information about out to the public. The point is whether you choose one or the other, everybody needs to have this drug on hand. Well, as a novice and uh, not involved in the the medical process, I've always thought um, it, it's kind of a a, a, a hope that that Nar- Narcan uh, and, and maybe this new one that you're talking about, the Coloxido, uh, could could work. But uh, isn't the fear kind of always been okay? They know that we're going to bring them back to life, so they just keep on doing that. Yeah, that's what people were worried about, that if you if you hand out and train active drug users, uh, give them the, the means to resuscitate uh, one another, that that would embolden them to use even more drugs. But studies have not shown that to be the case at all. Good. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of like uh, teaching you know, safe sex practices in school and thinking, well, kids will have more sex. And, you know, the sci- yeah. the, the data doesn't show that to be the case. Um, but what we do know is that when people overdose, um, 40% of the time, there's somebody there standing there watching it happen. And wow. oftentimes they can't do anything other than call 911. And as, as time ticks by, um, irreversible damage is happening to the person's brain and organs. And um, oftentimes when EMS arrives, it's too late. So to have the means to reverse somebody on hand is very important. And for parents out there, 
80% of overdose deaths happen in a parent's home. Wow. So I talk to parents all the time about this because they can't understand that. And I say, look, at this is kind of we're in unprecedented times here. And having this reversal drug at home uh, is kind of like having a fire extinguisher at home. Uh, <laughs> and if you're if you're, you know, a teenager or a young adult and you're going out to places where people are getting together and might be drinking and using drugs, then having this, you know, in your purse or in your pocket um, is very important because you never know when somebody's going to overdose inadvertently and having the means to save them is very powerful. Mm. I, th I think I read or heard on the news lately that, that there's a new Narcan that that's goes, goes from uh, two doses to four. Well, the, the, the one that's identical to Narcan Narcan it comes in a box with two nasal injectors, okay. and it's just a spray that goes in the nose. Okay. Uh, and they're four milligrams each. And the Cluxado, the new one, is eight milligrams each. And increasingly, EMS and law enforcement uh, are carrying the higher dose version because, um, number one, it's more cost effective. But number two, they can resuscitate somebody much more quickly. Mm have a higher chance of reversing them. And oftentimes people don't have extra boxes of this on hand. They have one box. Yeah. And if you go through the two that are in the one box and the person still isn't breathing, then you're in really a tough spot. Yeah. Hey, I have a message for our listeners. If you're uh, late to, to listening to ta to uh, today's show, my guest is uh, David uh, Dahimi, uh, medical director and founder of medical director of a MyMat clinic in Laguna Hills, California, all about uh, battling uh, um, addictions and and overdoses, and and that's the subject matter today. So, um, first responders have this readily available, right? Yes, almost all first responders have uh, naloxone readily available. And including this new one, or is it just coming out? No, it's out, but it there it depends state to state and um, you know county to county what they have funding for, what they want to purchase, uh, what kinds of grants they have. So, for example, in some states like Arizona, they're one hundred percent Cluxado now. Oh, okay. And increasingly, so is Colorado. Um, in your state, Arizona, um, there are some large harm reduction agencies. Uh, that do a lot of distributing of, of naloxone, and they're, they they offer both. And um, patients are coming back often asking for the higher strength one um, just because it's more effective. I kind of like what you said in some material I was reading uh, before the, the interview. You, you've mentioned Coloxado, uh, is that how it's pronounced? Coloxado, yeah. Coloxado as a powerful, quote-unquote, jolt of hope. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't write that, but uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but what we do, what we do most of in our clinic art is uh, we educate uh, and talk to patients about treatment options, the medications that can be on that basically are designed to help reduce cravings. Mm. Uh, they virtually stop withdrawal immediately. 
And most importantly, if, if somebody does relapse and use an opiate while they're on these medications, the chances of them overdosing and dying go down dramatically. Mm, wow. Because these medications effectively block the receptors that the opiate molecules want to bind to. Um, and because they bind them more strongly, uh, they outcompete the, the opiates. And so this works really well for somebody early in recovery in particular, when, um, you know, they might, they might relapse and they might have stressful days and come across, uh, you know, somebody that, that offers them drugs and they decide to use it. Uh, they won't, they won't experience any of the reinforcing effects of the drug. It blocks the, the euphoria of the drug, mm. uh, but it also blocks the ability of the drug to cause an overdose. Wow. Um, I also see that you have you, you are a chief medical advisor for uh, Project Opioid, and you serve as a medical advisor for healthcare and digital therapeutics. What is that? Digital therapeutics yeah. or, or Project Opioid? No, uh, well, both, actually. Okay, digital therapeutics are uh, are applications that can be downloaded onto your computer or your phone that you can interact with that help teach you about uh, addiction and the cues and uh, what makes you susceptible to to using drugs and what it is is basically forms of behavioral therapy that are that are on a user interface where the person can use it anytime they want in the privacy of their own home or whenever they're bored, which is reinforcing the sort of behavioral aspects of, of getting clean or, or not using drugs. That's and a, it, te- sounds it, it teaches patients, it teaches patients a lot about the triggers yeah. um, and avoiding situations where, where they might find themselves um, under a lot of uh, uh, temptation to use again. And then it's also designed to reward them in certain ways. Like if they do a certain amount of modules, they can get like a $50 prize at Amazon or something like that. So wow, combination of cognitive behavioral therapy and what's called contingency management, both have been shown to be effective uh, behavioral treatments and addiction. And the contingency management bit is that if you do so many of these modules, then you get a reward. Okay. So um, I also see um, when you discuss this, uh, these synthetic synthetic opioids, right? Is that what you're... Yeah, synthetic opioids. You're talking about fentanyl. I'm talking about fentanyl and and the cousins of fentanyl. Yes. Let's talk about all of that subject because and then you say cousins to them. I saw a thing on the news yesterday that's rather appalling. Uh, The cartels are not stupid people, right? No, they're they they have a lot of very smart people uh, that they're working with. There was a bust uh, in Arizona at the at the border and they found uh, the usual um, heroin, uh, oxycodone, um, pills of fentanyl, but then they also found this box that a bright red substance, almost like you're looking at inside of a watermelon or something, bright red, and it's a it's a cover over fentanyl. I don't, I know, don't if- know what the bright red is, but I can talk to you a lot about why we're why we're now in the fentanyl uh, era of yeah 
Let's do it. Of illicit drugs. Yeah. So his, the history began with the United States uh, with pills. And probably everybody knows all about OxyContin and how OxyContin flooded the United States market and, um, you know, created the initial uh, first phase of the epidemic that we're now in. Many, many people uh, got hooked on OxyContin. It was overprescribed. Um, it was pushed on doctors. They mm -hmm. were encouraged to prescribe it. And so story after story of people, you know, having an injury or having a surgery um, and then ending up being given a lot of OxyContin and that that kicked off their addiction. Um, we've we, we know all of those stories. And then this the second wave was that as pills became harder and harder to come by, because now law enforcement and the DEA are cracking down on overprescribing um, very inexpensive but potent heroin uh, grown in Mexico began flooding across the, the border to take the place of the pills. So when you couldn't get your pills or your addiction was so bad that you had to increasingly use more and more pills and you couldn't sustain that, now there was a very cheap and potent alternative. And that's and then we had the, the big wave of heroin for many, many years. Uh, and it was very inexpensive and it and it it didn't discriminate between, you know, uh race, um, socioeconomic status. Uh, inner city, uh, rural, it was everywhere. Uh, and then what we ha now have is fentanyl. And fentanyl, this is very important for people to understand, is 50 times more potent than heroin. Wow. And if heroin caused all those overdoses, fentanyl causes a lot more. And the reason that they've gone from, from heroin to fentanyl is that to, to, to make heroin, you have to grow a field of opium poppies and then harvest them and process them, whereas fentanyl can be made in any any you know lab. And these labs exist in warehouses and in homes and in the back of uh, you know stores and wherever they can get the chemicals. And somebody who has the recipe to produce fentanyl, they can make fentanyl. And so now they're not no longer limited by having to grow a plant. Um, fentanyl being so much more potent, uh, much smaller quantities of it can be sold for higher profit margins. So mm -hmm. this is all driven by money. Oh, absolutely. And the United States is a huge consumer of illicit uh, opioids, and now they have a more potent one that's easier to manufacture and get across the border. And what's scary is, is that whereas before people with an opioid addiction would seek out opiates, now fentanyl is mixed into almost all drugs of abuse. Mm. So this is an unprecedented change wow. in that somebody that wants to use cocaine or wants to take pills like a Xanax or an Adderall, they might be poisoned by fentanyl that's put into those. Oh, my gosh. I, is it so still true? I heard this a long time ago. Uh, I was on a task force for uh, by, by some major... Um, entities in our government in Arizona, uh, and 80% of the world's intake of uh, of uh, these drugs is in the United States, right? The United States 80 con was consuming 99% uh -huh. of the world's Vicodin supply. Oh, my gosh. And high 90% of the world's Oxycontin and Percocet supply. 
So, yes, we are we are by far and away the largest cons- consumer of both pharmaceutical and illicit opioids. Oh my gosh! Well, um, I hope I hope everything that you're involved in is so positive, and and, and I just I just. Uh, Gosh, I just give you all the wish in the world that that you're, you and the people you're working with are, are uh, effective in, in having a positive change, and because you are changing and saving lives, and and um, and I just hope that everything you're doing, that's a great effort that you're a part of, and I know it continues to grow, and um, but I also know that aside from all the hats that you wear in the battle to change and save lives in your free time, <laughs> you, you and your family enjoy activities like surfing, cycling, skiing, <laughs> and getting quality family time. Nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, that's important balance, uh, you know, in my life. If I didn't have those things with my family and, and the sports I um, participate in, I don't know that I could do the other stuff. So yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one more question: Is there, is there a way that our listeners can contact you if they're interested for more information from you? Yeah, our website is www.mymatclinic.com, and you can go on there, and there's a, a link for info. And what I what I want to let people know is that you know. There are really effective treatments if you or a loved one has a problem with opioids. Mm. Right now in the United States, only only 11% of the people who have an opioid use disorder are on any of these medicines, and they really, really do work well. Nice. So I encourage people to look into those and, and ask or go online, find a medical provider that yeah. prescribes these medications. Okay, thank you, sir. David Dahimi, you are a rescuer. God's blessings, and thank you for being on the show today for Rescuers. Thank you, Art. Bye. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.